programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Import Auto in Logan, a TechNet service center with Ron Stagg and Brian Morgan, offering import and domestic auto repair, including preventative maintenance, services for 30, 60, and 90,000 mile checkups, online at import-auto.biz and by Utah Conservation Corps, with summer opportunities for the 2015 field season, including the fossil-free bike crew, on the web at utahconservationcorps.org. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Oil prices across the nation have dropped dramatically over the past few months. Economists have described the money that consumers are saving as a kind of tax break, but not everyone is seeing green. In a series of reports this month titled The Costs of Oil, UPR reporters Elaine Taylor, Justin Prather, and Evan Hall have looked into how falling prices are affecting places like eastern Utah, where oil is a major industry. The series asked how lower prices are changing the state's budget, consumers' commitment to green energy, and whether air quality takes a hit when driving is so cheap. Price of gas has gone down, but what at what costs? So today we'll wrap up the series with Vernal City Manager Ken Bassett and with Ben Blau, Professor of Economics in the USU Huntsman School of Business. Joining us by phone from Vernal is uh, City Manager Ken Bassett. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Appreciate you uh, being on. I'm a Vernal native, so I, it's with great pride that I talk to anybody from Vernal. Well, it's great. Uh, so we're going to talk about the economy there and, and what's going on. We welcome into the studios Ben Blau. He's professor of economics, uh, associate professor of economics uh, at uh, USU Huntsman School of Business. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Tom. And we want to know how falling gas prices are affecting you. So you can join the program here. What are you doing with the money you're saving at the gas pump? Are you driving more? Is your job tied to the oil industry? We're going to hear on some of these reports uh, from uh, at least one gentleman working in the oil industry out in the Ona Basin who's worried about layoffs. Are you worried about a bust following the boom? You can comment at upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com, on Twitter, at Utah Public Radio, and on Facebook. And you can call 1-800-826-1495. So let's start with the uh, one of the reports in this series this uh, talks about the uh, economy out in the Ona Basin and uh, how things are going with the uh, falling uh, gas prices. Dirt roads zigzag through the Uinta Basin, connecting thousands of oil and gas wells. The area is rich in these natural resources, and many of the towns that have sprouted up in this rangeland are built around the drilling and extraction of these resources. The future of these wells and the people who make a living from them is uncertain, as oil prices remain at some of the lowest levels seen in years. In the month of December, oil prices have decreased between 35 to 40 percent. That's Utah State University professor of economics Benjamin Blau. He says these low prices stem from a slower global demand for oil, while production is increasing. Currently, Utah's ranked 11th in the nation in oil production, and so whenever oil prices decrease, you can expect to see slower production. Nearly three weeks ago, I spoke with Alan Parker, Vernal Assistant City Manager. At the time, he hadn't really seen any changes to the economic indicators he uses to track the health of the area. The unemployment rate was steady at 2.9 percent. And he said that he had heard that oil companies were moving workers from other areas of the nation where drilling is more expensive 
to the basin. I honestly haven't seen really any changes from my seat. I have uh, some close friends that own a couple small businesses here in town, and they tell me the same. Between when I spoke with Parker and now, things seem to be changing for the worse. How long the prices will stay this low and how serious the problem is going to get is unclear. But one thing that is obvious is that companies are starting to lay people off. Every day I go to work, I worry that it might be the time when they say we're closing up shop. That's Lance Richens. He's a lifelong resident of Vernal and works for a company that services the drilling rigs. For him, cycles of prosperity and drought are a normal part of living in the area. But he says he's never seen something like this happen so quickly before. About the last three weeks or so, all the oil field companies started to lay off. And a lot of the oil companies now are laying their drilling rigs down because it's just not cost-effective to drill at this time. Tammy Lucero is the Uinta County Economic Director. She says oil companies are just trying to figure out what to do next. What I have been told and what I'm seeing is sort of a holding steady at this point, meaning not a whole lot of capital investment and just sort of seeing how it goes in the next few months to a year. Unfortunately, a lot of times local government doesn't have a lot of power or control when it comes to these things that happen at a national or an international level. That was Parker again. Both he and Lucero say the area has been working to diversify other income sources, like tourism and recreation, to offset their reliance on the oil and gas industry. While this is helping, the basin's economic bedrock remains resource extraction. And if there's less workers and money from that sector, everyone will feel it oil field worker richens. If this continues and uh, oil doesn't rebound soon, I think a lot of people are going to be without work. And of course, that's going to trickle down into the rest of the town as far as restaurants and the stores and that, because people are not going to be spending money. So it's going to hurt the entire economy of the basin. Economist Blau doesn't think all of the news is negative, however. There's the trade-off between a reduction in employment in some areas of the state, including the Uinta Basin, and there's certainly an increase in, in consumption in the state because money that would have otherwise been going to purchase gasoline is now going to be either spent here in the country or close by. Richens again. You know, it's good for everyone. The gas prices are down. It sure makes it easier on everyone as far as buying fuel, and that's great. But everyone needs to remember that in Utah, that is tied to a lot of people's jobs, too. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Elaine Taylor. So that's Elaine Taylor, uh, her report uh, talking about uh, falling gas prices and effects on the economy, especially uh, oil-producing areas like the uh, Uinta Basin. And we have with us, uh, just to reset the scene, uh, Ken Bassett, who's Vernal City Manager, is with us for the hour, and uh, Benjamin Blau, Associate Professor of Economics in the USU Huntsman School of Business. Start with you, Professor Blau. Uh, you in the piece uh, said uh, we've seen a, some 40% drop in prices. We've, we've all seen that. Uh, driving over to work today, saw $1.89. We haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, it, it's been quite a while, probably since the beginning of the, of the financial crisis. The gas prices have been this low. Uh, amazing. So that's good news for a lot of people. Uh, certainly it's is. savings. Yeah, certainly is. It's, uh, uh, as, as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, it's a, almost kind of a tax break, right? There's money that is, is uh, going to be in people's pockets instead of in their, in their automobiles. So. Yeah. So we're asking you, are, are you driving more? How are you using those savings? What, how are gas prices affecting you? 1-800-826-1495. You can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com on Twitter at uh, Utah Public Radio. Uh, so I didn't know some of these statistics. Utah is 11th in the nation yeah. in oil production. 11th in the nation in oil production. Uh, a lot of it comes out of the, 
threw you in a basin there in Vernal. Uh, so certainly there could be some some effects, as as has been mentioned. Yeah. We turn to Ken Bassett. Uh, I I know Mr. Bassett. When when I go home, uh, I've you know over the past few years in this big boom, I've, it's well some streets I could turn left. I can't do that anymore. I have to go around the block. It's it <laughs> increase in busyness, um, and I'm sure you've seen seen those effects, including uh, an increase in the economy. It's been good news economically. You know, uh, when you have when you have the economy <clears throat> situation like you do in Vernal, uh, I've been here for 37 years, and there's the ups and downs. Uh, you see a lot of interesting things going on, and and you're exactly right. Uh, during a vibrant time. Uh, traffic is uh, incredible, and uh, building homes, uh, you know, shopping, it's, it's great. One thing I've learned, though, is that as you're trying to manage a budget for a, a local government entity like Vernal in an economy like this, you do have to be cautious. During the good times, you have to save, and during the lean times, uh, you have to be extremely cautious and sometimes uh, eliminate capital projects and, to some degree, eliminate uh, possibly services that you've had in a community for so long. And that uh, that's a tough thing for the type of economy that we have, but it's something that all of us here in Vernal have lived with for many years. So you, you've been in Vernal for, for many years then? Yeah, 30, yeah. 37 years uh, working with the city. So then you've, you've seen some booms and busts. Uh, yeah, uh, over uh, the past many years, uh, a few. And uh, I consider what we're going through right now certainly to be a uh, lag in the economy. It's not like other busts that I have seen where in just a matter of just uh, two or three months you see a lot of differences, uh, homes up for sale, people leaving, uh, shopping, retail sales down. Uh, that has not occurred yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we hope that it doesn't occur. I think our hope is that uh, these prices will come up. And I don't think that they're going to come up as, as quickly as they went down. But uh, our hope is that they will come up and uh, Vernal and the surrounding area, you know, will be able to... Uh, continue on with the uh, wonderful quality of living that we've had in the past. Ben Blah, what, what about that? What, how likely is it that, yeah. that his hope will come true there? Uh, yeah, I, I think Ken makes an important point. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't look like oil is going to rebound uh, very quickly. There was information that came out uh, yesterday or the day before that oil, crude oil inventories in the U.S. Uh, increased 7.7 million barrels to a record of 426 million barrels. So there's a, a huge glut of supply that's still there. And I, I think that, that uh, until the demand works through that supply, I, I don't think we're going to see oil rebound as, as quickly as, as, as it's dropped, as, as Ken mentioned. What about uh, drop? Do you think it'll drop further? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I wish I knew, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, economists are always uh, happy to forecast. Uh, but when it comes to something like oil, where there, there's a great deal of volatility, a great deal of uncertainty about what uh, major players in oil production like OPEC are going to do, it, it, it's uh, uh, your, your guess is probably as good as mine. Mm. I've been reading um, uh, about the loss of, uh, I guess, power of OPEC. Yeah. As a cartel, you have uh, other producers who have come to the fore who are outside of OPEC. 
And so sometimes OPEC was uh, a good force from our perspective, sometimes bad. We remember the 70s. You know? Sure, sure. Um, but but uh, I don't know what that does. It just uh, market forces take over? Uh, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, Tom, OPEC has reduced in terms of market supply has reduced as a major player from down to about 31%. They, they own about 31% of the market share of oil production. Uh, a lot of the reduction in their, their market power has come from domestic production, uh, even here in Vernal and certainly in North Dakota and down in Texas. And so uh, I, I think market force is beginning to work. I think competition, uh, that helps. Uh, interestingly, I, I, there have been some reports that some of the reason why OPEC has continued to increase production, even though global demand is, has been reducing, is because uh, – they're, they're trying to gain some of that market power back, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it makes it more costly for for smaller uh, uh, entities, smaller government or smaller oil producers to to come in and and uh, and drill. And so uh, uh, this, this might just be a game. Oil's uh, OPEC's keeping oil supply high, prices remain low. It becomes more costly for for oil producers down in Vernal and in North Dakota and Texas to to continue to drill. Yeah, there's some speculation OPEC. Wants to keep prices low to maybe squeeze out some of these I, other I, suppliers. Yeah, you know? that's a that's yeah. a, a widely accepted rumor right. among economists for sure. Uh, so uh, back to Ken Bassett, um, you you've been through many of these booms and busts. Your your hope is that this won't be a total bust, just kind of a a, a, a more smooth slide down a bit and then rebounding quickly. Uh, by the way, has has this been the biggest boom you've seen? That's that's been my impression. Well. I don't know. When you say boom, I I think probably the most significant uh, increase in our economy associated with oil and gas occurred back in 2008, and that's where uh, it it was an amazing impact to our community where you didn't have have homes for people that were coming to Vernal to move into. and, you know, some of the stories of people living in tents down by the river, yeah. you know, those kinds of things, yeah. that that was significant. And that's probably a time when, as far as, as our revenue source, which our main revenue source is sales tax, that's when we experienced the biggest spike in, in that revenue source. Um, since that time, it's been, you know, fairly steady. Back in, in 2009, it went down. Uh and you know we recovered from that and uh so what we're going through now once again is is not at all like we experienced uh in 2008 with a a boom 2009-10 with a bust and uh if you want to call it a bust and so you know i if if someone were to ask me are you really concerned about the city's budget right now i would say well, probably not any more so than I was, you know, back in the 1980s and and early 90s when I went through this before. Mm-hmm. We have been able to save money, uh, put away money for, you know, you can call it a rainy day fund if you want to, for situations like this. The concern, I think, when you look at the community, the concern is, you know, how does it affect the individual family when someone gets laid off? Are they going to have to move from Bernal? Are they going to have to leave their homes? Um, you know, how does it affect uh, you know the, the the individual family you know culture? Uh, are they able to pay their bills? 
Is there, you know, more uh, frustration right in the home, on the home front with families not being able to pay bills? And <clears throat> hence, it gets into other issues that, uh, you know, affect law enforcement, uh, domestic violence, those kinds of things. That's the concern probably for me more so than it is for the budget because when you have individual families affected with layoffs and with, uh, you know, with companies pulling back their hours so there's not this wonderful overtime that employees have been paid, it has, you know, an immediate effect on your neighbors uh, and, you know, individual families in the community. So that, that's a big one. We will take a break and come back and follow up with that. I'm, I'm interested in, in the, the, the kind of the chain effect, which happens not only in, 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 on the economic side, but socially, as, as Mr. Bassett has, has talked about, an increase perhaps in need for, for government services. Um, so we have uh, Ken Bassett with us. He is Vernal City Manager. We also uh, have uh, with us uh, Ben Blau, who's Associate Professor of Economics in the USU Huntsman School of Business. We are continuing the series that we've had for this month, The Costs of Oil. UPR reporters Lane Taylor, Justin Prather, and Evan Hall have looked into how falling prices, gas prices, are affecting places like eastern Utah. Oil is a major industry here. Uh, ben Blau has told us uh, Utah is 11th in the nation in production of oil, and a lot of that happens in the Una Basin. And the series also is asking how lower prices are changing the state's budget, consumers' commitment to green energy, and whether air quality takes a hit when driving is so cheap. And uh, we're especially interested in how uh, falling gas prices, oil prices are affecting you. Is this a, another Christmas, as it is for many of us? Uh, we're, uh, we're reaping the benefits of lower gas prices, maybe driving more, maybe putting that into savings, maybe putting that elsewhere. Or maybe you're like Lance Richens in that first report there, working the oil field and worrying every day you go to work about layoffs. We'll continue the discussion following a break. You can comment at upraxis at gmail.com, on Twitter at Utah Public Radio, on Facebook, and you can call us at 1-800-826-1495. Following the break. Hey, this is uh, folk singer Michael Jonathan. On the next Woodsongs broadcast, we're celebrating bluegrass music, IBMA Guitarist of the Year, Pat Flynn, plus the U.S. Navy bluegrass band, Country Current. Well, we put our money in the pot and got cards around. I cut him deep. Both bands, music, and conversation on the next broadcast of the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour. Friday night at 11 on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Conservation Corps with summer opportunities for the 2015 field season, including the fossil-free bike crew, on the web at utahconservationcorps.org. And Import Auto in Logan, a TechNet service center with Ron Stagg and Brian Morgan, offering import and domestic auto repair, including preventative maintenance, services for 30, 60, and 90,000 mile checkups, online at import-auto.biz. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Oil prices across the nation have dropped dramatically, some 40% or so. Uh, gas prices down to $1.80 or so. Uh, just uh, coming into work today, $1.89. Uh, economists have described the money that consumers are saving as a kind of tax break, but not everyone is seeing green. And in our series of reports this month titled The Costs of Oil, UPR has looked at how falling prices are affecting places like eastern Utah, where oil is a major industry. Uh, we're asking you, 
uh, how falling gas prices are affecting you. What are you doing with the money you're saving at the gas pump? Are you driving more? And is your job tied to the oil industry? Are you worried, therefore, about uh, economic effects as uh, gas prices uh, fall? You can join us at 1-800-826-1495, upraxcess at gmail.com, on Twitter at Utah Public Radio, and on Facebook. And we have a caller, Carl, in St. George. Let's go directly to Carl. Glad you called, uh, Carl. Go ahead with your question or comment. Thanks, Tom. I'm surprised that your uh, econ professor there from the, from the uh, from Utah State hasn't picked up on this. You know, the Arabs in the Middle East have sworn that they're not going to cut production. They're going to keep uh, producing at record levels, regardless of the price. And what they'll do is, it looks like they're flooding the market there. They've produced a glut of oil. The price has dropped out, and these companies you've been talking about, they're going to lay down their their uh, derricks, and they're, they're going to go out of business. And as soon as that happens, the Arabs will come back in with their high prices, and we'll be worse than we were before. I mean, you don't have to take a, be a rocket scientist to figure that out. You don't give the Arabs enough uh, credit, I don't think. Okay. Uh, so to be fair to Professor Blau, we did mention that, at least in passing. So uh, what about that? Yeah, I, think, I, think, uh, <clears throat> I think Carl's right. I think that, uh, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you, you have you have a great deal of uh, of well you know the OPEC has been losing market share and uh, and therefore OPEC uh, because they still control a dominant portion of market share uh, has been producing even though global demand is is, is reducing and as we mentioned uh, as we uh, mentioned earlier it, it is it is possible and probably likely that OPEC is, uh, is is maybe trying to game the system in order to to push out smaller producers out of the market a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, good point. That's a that's at least a persistent rumor, as you've sure. characterized sure. it, and it looks like it might well be true. Uh, so I wonder, with usually we head into the driving season, the weather gets warmer, uh, demand increases, and uh, and so the prices go up. Is that going to happen? Yeah, well, uh, typically it does, and maybe you'll even see a, a, a larger spike in demand during this this summer uh, season because if gas gas prices remain pretty low, you might see other people. Uh, uh, start to drive uh, more uh, during the summer. So yeah, you should see some some demand. But as as I mentioned earlier, there's a huge amount of of oil inventories that are that are out there here in the U.S. Record level inventories that have to be worked through in order for for prices to maybe to stabilize and start to begin to rebound. And uh, you described uh, we were talking before we went out there. You described gas prices as sticky. It's an economic term you could explain for us. Yeah, so so uh, oil oil uh, oil prices might move, and gas prices are typically sticky, right? There's the refining process that that oil has to go through to become gas, and so uh, we typically don't see uh, gas prices move contemporaneously with oil prices. There's generally a lag in the movement of gas prices, and so if oil prices begin to rebound, uh, we should expect gas prices to rebound, but maybe not as quickly. Hmm. Uh, a note: our 800 number is down. Uh, so we'd still love to hear from you. We want to know how uh, falling gas prices are affecting you. Uh, so use this number, 435-787-3138. Is it 787 or 797? I think it's 797-435-797-3138. I'll give that a couple more times so it can be burned in your brain. 435 797 3137 Three one three eight. So please use that number, and uh, you can always uh, use the email upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, and you can join us on Twitter.
We're at Utah Public Radio. Let me turn back to uh, Ken Bassett. You uh, want to follow thread of the conversation you started before the break. Very interesting. You you say you have as a Vernal City saved for a rainy day, rainy day fund. You you try to prepare in times of plenty for times of want. That's right. um, but but you're concerned about families, of course, and if there are layoffs and then rippling effects uh, from that. Yeah, um, you know, I've gone through it enough to know that, you know, as we see families uh, lose jobs, um, you know, for a short period of time, they try to scramble and try to, you know, come up with uh, other employment here in the area without having to leave their homes. But sometimes that's uh, that's required and uh, leaves more homes on the market. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a, an interesting situation here because in Vernal, uh, housing prices have been um, generally high. Uh, rental uh, has been high. Uh, it's been very difficult sometimes for people, you know, even those that uh, are employed in the oil and gas industry to really afford to get into a home or uh, to, to rent. And then, you know, you have what we're possibly going through here uh, with housing prices going down, uh, rental costs going down, and um, it, it's really an, an interesting experience as, as we see that happen with, with uh, families here in the basin. But, uh, yeah, my, my concern is for the families. And once again, as we look at uh, how they pay their bills and the frustration and sometimes the, um, uh, the, the lack of patience right, right on the home front, um, people get you know, really concerned about you know, how are they going to you know, take care of tomorrow when they're having a hard time today. And that then gets into other kind of social issues. Um, you know, kids uh, with schools, they take that into the schoolroom and and uh, they have a hard time dealing with with uh, studies and and then you have uh, law enforcement uh, sometimes getting involved with um, domestic violence issues that have been created because of financial problems so it's 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 a you know darned if you do darned if you don't kind of situation we enjoy uh, great prosperity with that comes a lot of challenges as well, mm-hmm. but at the same time we have concerns when things aren't as uh, as good as they have been. We have a caller waiting. We'll ask Bill to be patient. I just want a follow-up question for uh, for Ken Bassett. We in that piece that began the program, uh, we talked with your assistant city manager, and at that point about a month ago, he said he was not seeing the you know the feared layoffs or the feared uh, downturn economic indicators. I wonder what you're seeing, both in terms of... We're, the oil, oil, we're oil. seeing some layoffs now. Okay. Um, not, you know, it's, it's not uh, like I've seen in many years past, but we are seeing layoffs. And the, the other thing that's interesting is we're seeing oil companies or gas companies uh, uh, starting to uh, draw back on the number of hours that employees are working. And employees, uh, you know, in that industry uh, have, uh, you can call it a blessing or a curse when they've been required to work, uh, you know, many, many, many hours overtime, but they get paid for it. And then all of a sudden, that overtime pay is not there. And that becomes uh, certainly an economic issue for each individual employee that experiences that. Hmm. 
Let's bring in Bill in Carbon County. Bill, glad you called. Go ahead with your uh, question or comment. Oh, thank you. Um, in Carbon County, w- w- uh, in terms of the oil production, uh, we're not a major producer, but we do have a lot of uh, residents from Carbon County involved with uh, trucking that hauls the oil from the Uinta Basin uh, via uh, uh, tanker trucks to loadouts on railroad lines in Carbon County. And that's starting to decline. And then Carbon County is also a major producer of natural gas. I think by county we used to be number two in Utah. And there's virtually no drilling going on at all in natural gas because of the market. Another problem we're having is uh, we used to be a major major producer of coal. We still are, but now we've got coal mines uh, in Carbon and Emory County closing, and that's putting a a real downturn on the coal market. Does your experts see any rebound in natural gas or coal uh, uh, in in terms of uh, helping the market out? Because uh, we're experiencing some of the same problems you and a basin are experiencing, just different uh, types of energy. Okay, we'll turn to uh, Benjamin Blau. And, and uh, Bill, if you'd stay on the line, I have a follow-up question for you. Go ahead. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, I, I haven't followed natural gas or, uh, or the coal industry uh, that closely. Uh, you would think that natural gas and oil would be substitutes, right? That uh, as oil prices get high, uh, m- maybe there's greater demand for, for natural gas. But we typically see that that uh, there's a lot of co-movement between the price of oil and the price of natural gas. And so uh, I think to the extent that oil rebounds, I, I think natural gas prices, at least historically, they've been highly correlated with oil, oil prices. I think uh, natural gas prices will tend to follow. I, I haven't followed uh, the market both in natural gas and coal uh, as closely as I have in oil. And there would, there would have to be a certain break-even point for, sure. for industry to ramp up again, right? You'd, mm, you'd sure. have to reach that. Okay. Sure. Uh, and so what about coal? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, there. I think there are some policy implications to coal production. I, I think uh, um, certainly uh, politicians, governments are, are putting uh, maybe restrictions on the amount of coal that, that can be produced and things like that uh, nationally. Uh, and, and maybe that that has something to to do with what's going on in Carbon and Emory mm-hmm. uh, uh, County. Um, I don't know that that's going to change, right? right. Uh, it, it, we talked about the uncertainty of oil prices. Uh, the uncertainty of policymakers' decisions are are just as uh, as volatile as the the uncertainty in, in oil prices. And so, I I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea whether or not uh, policy implications uh, will, will policy will change that, that will allow for for more more uh, use of coal. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Bill, um, appreciate your call. Uh, I'm curious about it. You've, have you been in Carbon County for for quite a while? Yeah, all my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you've you've gone through this with coal, right? Uh, coal provided a lot of jobs. It's uh, decreased and downturn in turn in that segment of the of the economy. What what's what have been the effects? Un- unemployment goes up. What what's happened there? Well, you know, besides people. You know, eventually having to move from the area, I think there's over, uh, you know, we're not a, a real big county population-wise or even size-wise, but I think there's 250, 300 homes for sale right now. And, you know, if there's no jobs, I think that's going to increase. And mm-hmm. then uh, governments, you know, we're losing, we have, we're having a major, uh, our major uh, power plant closed too this year, uh, the carbon plant, and that's also going to be, a, you know, hurt us at least on the 
tax-based. You know, they paid over a million dollars in property taxes, and that's all going to be gone at the end of this year, besides a major coal mine. So um, it's going to hurt, you know, the schools and also the uh, government, local government, uh, when that happens. And then these oil refineries uh, that were supposed to be built in at least one of them in Emory County at Green River, last I heard that's been put on hold, even though it seems like we do need some new um, oil refineries uh, in the nation and the state, uh, they're not moving forward right now. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Thanks for that perspective, Bill. You betcha. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Bill in Carbon County. Um, We're interested in uh, the effects of the uh, falling uh, gas prices on you. Of course, this is great news for for all of us in terms of driving and uh, the hit of uh, gasoline prices on our budget. Uh, But there are areas of the state that are are big energy producers, and uh, it's a complicating factor. Uh, By the way, before we go to, we have an email, and I want to follow up with uh, with Ken Bassett before we go to another break. Ben Blau, there's, it's interesting how this all intersects, and you would hope that in a place like Carbon County, that it might help the economy in some way, the falling gas prices, right? Right. Yeah, uh, Bill makes a great point, though, right? There's, and I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, Tom, that there, there is a ripple effect, right? And that ripple effect is there are other portions of the energy industry that have less to do with drilling. For instance, uh, Bill mentioned uh, trucking outfits, uh, uh, tankers that, that transport the oil. Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy. Uh, for some in Cache Valley, we don't uh, necessarily aren't, aren't, aren't producing energy like the Uinta Basin, and so we, we typically in, enjoy lower gas prices. But uh, but Utah Utah is interesting. It's it's currently ranked fourth at least last year was ranked fourth in employment growth uh, behind North Dakota and Texas that were one and two. And the common denominator between those three states is oil production, mm-hmm. and and so uh, certainly the the. The trade-off is lower oil prices means cheaper gas, which means money in our pockets. But the, but the other side of the coin is uh, it has an adverse effect on the state's economy, given that the, the state is such a, a large producer of oil. Let's go to an email. And by the way, we'd love to get your perspective by telephone. You can call 435-797-3138. Our 800 number, which we all have memorized, is out today. So memorize this new one, 435 797 3135, uh, 3138. I'm confusing people here. Uh, 435 797 3138. 435 797 3138. You can email us to upraxis at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio as well. And our question to you is uh, How are falling gas prices affecting you? Um, and what are you doing with the savings in, uh, in gas prices? Uh, perhaps you're uh, in, a, in a job tied to the oil industry. Are you worried about that? We have with us uh, Ken Bassett, Vernal City Manager, and uh, Ben Blau, who's Associate Professor of Economics at USU. Uh, here's an email from uh, Amadeus in uh, Vernal. Uh, he says, the current slowdown should be a good opportunity for operators to remediate problems that affect air and water quality. Over 5,000 older oil wells in this area are emitting high levels of benzene and uh, toluene, as shown by last year's uh, CSU study. These emissions are dangerous for workers and nearby residents and can be remediated by capping the uncapped storage tanks with gas capture devices. Currently in Wyoming, Jonah Energy is proactively using infrared detection to correct methane leaks, a good example of best practices. That's Amadeus um, in, uh, in Vernal. 
Um, so it's a good thing I only used your first name, it's, although it's unusual. He goes on to say, please withhold my name. So sorry about that. <laughs> That's our caller from Verla. Apologize for that. But a good, uh, an interesting point. Ken Bassett, I wonder what you think about that point. This, this is an opportunity well, for industry to, to, to remediate some problems. You know, I'm not an expert when it comes to air quality and those kind of issues. However, I will say that um, the air quality that we have in our area is uh, is great. You know, I take uh, many trips to uh, Salt Lake, and I enter the Salt Lake Valley, and I think, my gosh, you know, they're worried about air quality in the basin. Uh, what are they doing here in the Salt Lake Valley? Um, I know that that, that is an issue, and, and I also know that the industry is making every effort to make sure that they're doing what they can to improve air quality. Um, that's, that, that, that is a big issue, and, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, really poo-poo the idea about, you know, we don't have any problems when you have, you know, all of these oil wells uh, all over the, the basin. However, uh, as I travel, uh, that's certainly not a major concern to me. And uh, so I, I'm not going to say I take exception to the comment, but uh, I, I will say that uh, we benefit so much from the industry, and I don't believe any of us here feel like we're prostituting our uh, you know, quality of life and, and the great uh, area that we have here for you know, greater you know, booms in industry. Uh, we have we have great uh, great quality of life and great air as far as I'm concerned. Let's take another break. We'll be back with Ken Bassett, Vernal City Manager, and uh, Ben Blau, Associate Professor of Economics at uh, USU. We're talking about uh, the costs of oil. Oil prices have dropped dramatically, and that's great news for drivers. It's perhaps uh, not so great news if you work in the oil industry. We've heard of some layoffs now, and the uh, oil industry is uh, looking at this and, and perhaps slowing down, at least with their capital investment. So what's going to happen in places like Vernal? Uh, we're asking you how uh, dropping uh, gas prices are affecting you, and you can join us at 435-797-3138, 435-797-3138. You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, and on Twitter we're at Utah Public Radio. More following the break. Eighty percent of California's water goes to agriculture, which is one percent of the state's economy there. This week, as UPR continues coverage of water topics, Marketplace's Sarah Gardner looks at the Central Valley and the possibility of severe drought there. And throughout the week, tune into UPR for our Water Source Facts, part of the 2015 Year of Water Programming Project here on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Import Auto in Logan, a TechNet service center with Ron Stagg and Brian Morgan, offering import and domestic auto repair, including preventative maintenance, services for 30, 60, and 90,000 mile checkups, online at import-auto.biz. And by Utah Conservation Corps, with summer opportunities for the 2015 field season, including the fossil-free bike crew, on the web at utahconservationcorps.org. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. Another 10 minutes left in the program. We are concluding our series that we've been hearing this month, The Costs of Oil. 
UPR reporters Elaine Taylor, Justin Prather, and Evan Hall have looked into how falling prices are affecting places like the eastern Utah, where oil is a major industry. It's asked how lower prices are changing the state's budget, consumers' commitment to green energy, and whether air quality takes a hit when driving is so cheap. We had an email just there from Vernal about air quality. And, uh, of course, uh, it's good news for, for drivers. And driving might uh, increase. And we're asking you, what are you doing with that extra money? How is uh, uh, lower gas prices affecting you? You can join us at 435-797-3138. 435-797-3138. We're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio, and our email is upraccess at gmail.com. So, Ken Bassett, I'm wondering about, uh, and I'm sure you and other officials uh, there in the Uona Basin, are looking at diversification, right? That's the the key word. At some point, might be well into the future, oil is going to dry up, right? And these these are finite resources. And uh, Vernal and other areas in the Uno Basin is going to have to rely on other economic factors. Uh, What do you think in that area? Well, you know, when you say oil is going to dry up, I don't think it's going to happen. That's going to happen, you know, for a while. It's kind of interesting. We haven't talked about oil shell and tar sands uh, of course, those two aspects of the industry have slowed down as well with the decrease in uh, in oil prices. But, you know, when you start talking about oil shell and the resource that we have here in the Uinta Basin, Uinta County, with oil shell, it's it's uh, phenomenal. It's 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 amazing. We have uh, more than than the Middle East has, and and. Uh, you know, it's, that's that's an area that really has not been tapped as well as uh, should have been many years ago. But once again, you know, as we we look at diversity and and diversifying our economy, uh, we have, and as has been mentioned in previous segments of this program, uh, you know, tourism, uh, travel is is a big thing here in in the basin. We have, uh, you know, wonderful hunting, fishing, uh, mountains, mountain biking, all of that uh, is here. Probably the biggest thing that has occurred uh, in the last 15 to 20 years in Vernal is the presence of retail uh, in in our area, especially Vernal City, where we have established ourselves really as the retail hub of our community. Um, Before, maybe we couldn't say that as much. Uh, we're finding that uh, we are getting more of these um, retailers in that uh, provide an opportunity for our residents to stay here in Vernal and shop. And, in fact, it provides uh, a greater, I, I think, attraction for communities around Vernal uh, into southern Wyoming, western Colorado, to come to Vernal to shop. That's something that is significant for us right now. And I consider that to be a great part of that diversification of our economy. Let's go to our caller. This is anonymous caller in Vernal, is it? Uh, uh, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay. Um, I'm just calling. I love the area here, but I feel like with the oil boom and everything, I, I mean, it's sad to say, but it would be nice if we could find other ways to have more energy. We have a lot of wind here, if we could use wind turbines. The air quality, I know he said he thinks it's good. We had a friend who had such bad allergies here with the air that she had to leave the area. There's been an increase of stillborns born because of the air quality and the problem with the water. The oil industry, I mean, we live in a desert, and it uses up a lot of water and pollutes the water. I think we need to do more of the natural sources and use more tourism. But if we use the whole area, 
and have oil wells everywhere, we won't even have the tourism. So I think we need to look at alternative ways so we can protect our land here. Okay, thank you. Let's get a comment from uh, Ken Bassett. What do, you, what do you think? Well, you know, alternative sources of energy are always good. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, that it's, it's always good to consider that. And, uh, you know, we have wind and, and you know, could we develop those, I guess, uh, if, if the, you know, financing is available, that's fine. Once again, um, I've lived here long enough that, you know, my feeling is that uh, we are blessed with the natural resources that we have. And uh, I believe that they're here for a purpose. And to develop those, I think, is is a great benefit for all of us who live here. Um, but once again, as the caller just uh, mentioned, is it wise to develop other sources of uh, energy? And the answer is most definitely, if you can and if if you have the money to do it. Usually, it takes uh, some good corporate uh, financing in order to get that done. Um, but if if, if, if it's available and, and uh, people are willing to and make that investment, so be it. Let me turn back to, uh, to uh, Ben Blau, who's Associate Professor of Economics at uh, Utah State University. Uh, so a couple of questions. First, with the alternative energy. What, what um, is it going to take? Significant government investment to, well, to, to get there? I guess, uh, what, where, where are we, do you think? Yeah, that's an that's a interesting question. Uh, it, it probably would, right? I, I think... Uh, Private investment. The reason that the, 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 the private investment is is going into the production of oil is because it's it's cheapest, right? There, there's a lot of fixed costs associated with establishing uh, wind power, and maybe that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen it. Uh, with that being said, obviously al- alternative sources, uh, spe- specifically to diversify, as you mentioned, Tom, to diversify or mitigate some of the risk of of falling oil prices and, and having um, variation in, in standards of living of individuals that, that live in the Uinta Basin, I think is important. Uh, we have an email here. I want to get to this. And then if we have time, I'll follow up with, uh, I wanted, wanted to follow up with uh, shale, economics of, of shale and, and tar sands. Uh, here is a concerned resident in Roosevelt who says, in a publication called Profiles in Energy, one of the Uinta County commissioners, Commissioner McKee, is quoted as saying, uh, in reference to the boomer bust that quote we are beyond this this is this was because of our energy resources our economy has grown to the point where we are stable end quote a couple of weeks ago an acquaintance told me that the company he worked for newfield or newfield laid off 100 of his co-workers in one day it doesn't sound to me like we are beyond boom and bust here in the basin I think the politicians here in the basin have been unwisely putting way too much penny eggs in the energy basket. I would like to uh, see them invest more in other things like tourism. And he says, I disagree with Ken Bassett's comment that the air in the Uinta Basin is great. A friend of mine had to leave the basin because uh, bad air here was making her so stick, sick. rather, a Concerned resident in Roosevelt. Uh, so let me give a quick opportunity to Ken Bassett to, uh, to, to rebut that. First, on the on the... This idea of uh, boom and bust cycles, uh, do, do, you, do you agree with Christian McKee? McKee, if he was quoted correctly there, beyond those cycles, or, or, or what? Well, when, when you say we're beyond the cycles, you know, you have to define what a boom and bust is. I'm saying that I've seen, you know, if, if you want to call it a boom and bust, I've seen where the economy, you know, tanks much more than what we are ever experiencing right now. But with that said, 
any time you have layoffs uh, in the industry, it affects your community. And uh, I know it does. Uh, the ways that, you know, I've just discussed. And um, are we beyond a major boom and bust? I would never say that we're beyond because uh, when you start weighing in what the uh, Middle East is doing and what they've done in the past, uh, it's so difficult to predict, you know, what their moves are going to be. And do their moves affect us? Most definitely they do. Um, these words, boom and bust, though, I think have to be uh, used very carefully. Uh, when you say lags in economy or, you know, downturns in economy, yes. Or upswings in economy, yes. Uh, but I would be careful about the booms and busts. Once again, air quality, um, and I know that uh, you know you have different opinions out there. But once my my feeling is that our air quality is is good. Do we have people here that, for whatever reason, they have uh, physiological uh, other kinds of you know? Do they have to move away? and go down to Arizona or go down to southern Utah? The answer is yes. Is it always affiliated with the uh, oil industry and gas industry? I would say no, it's not. Let's just get uh, maybe your 30 seconds. This is a very unfair, Ben Blau. Uh, <laughs> a treatise on uh, when we get to viability on oil shale, tar sands? Uh, yeah, what, the, what would that take? Uh, I don't. I, again, uh, it, it depends on the cost. Mm -hmm. uh, Companies, individuals respond to costs, and so so it will depend on the cost of producing. I know that shale, uh, tar sands, this is an expensive process, mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting economic question. Uh, not only are producers trying to maximize the profit by uh, finding oil today, but they have to also consider prices tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, and, and determine when to drill and, and where to drill. And certainly in downswings, costs of, of, of producing shale and tar sands is going to be more expensive. Well, we'll uh, keep the conversation going. You can join us at upraxis at gmail.com and on our website, upr.org. And there you can uh, find all of the uh, stories in this series and, of course, this Access Utah program. Ken Bassett, Vernal City Manager, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. And Ben Blau, Associate Professor of Economics, USU. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. And thanks for listening today. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Conservation Corps with summer opportunities for the 2015 field season, including the fossil-free bike crew, on the web at utahconservationcorps.org and Import Auto in Logan, a TechNet service center with Ron Stagg and Brian Morgan, offering import and domestic auto repair, including preventative maintenance services for 30, 60, and 90,000-mile checkups, online at import-auto.biz. It's the Beehive Archive on Utah Public Radio. I'm Megan Van Frank. The belief that there was no future for the LDS Church in the East motivated the Mormon exodus west, to the far side of the Rocky Mountains. But how did the Mormons know where they were going? Find out after this. I'm Cynthia Buckingham, director of the Utah Humanities Council. Beehive Archive is brought to you on Utah Public Radio by the Utah Humanities Council with the generous support of the Lawrence T. and Janet T.D. Foundation. UHC is proud to partner with community organizations to tell Utah stories as part of our statewide tour of the Smithsonian Exhibition, Journey Stories. Tune in each week for a new Utah Journey Story from the Beehive Archive. Welcome to the Beehive Archive, a two-minute look at some of the most pivotal and peculiar events in Utah's history. The Mormon migration that began in 1847 has distinctly shaped Utah's history. 
But how did LDS church leaders choose this place as their ultimate destination? As early as 1832, church founder Joseph Smith predicted that Mormons would settle in the Rocky Mountains. Conflicts with their neighbors had already forced them to relocate from New York to Ohio to Missouri and to Illinois. When Smith died in 1844, the Mormons faced yet another exit. Brigham Young, who assumed leadership after Smith, aimed to move the church far away from its detractors. But where? Church leaders studied several potential sites, including Oregon, Texas, Vancouver Island, California, and focused on locations in the West where Mormons could govern themselves in isolation. They relied heavily on John Fremont's 1843 Western Expedition Report, which included information about the Valley of the Great Salt Lake. Another resource was Lansford Hastings' 1845 Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California, which promoted a new route through that same valley. As more information became available, Mormon leaders had to rethink their options. Oregon might be too far north. Both Fremont and Hastings noted the trouble of planting above the 42nd parallel. And by 1846, Texas had been annexed by the United States and was embroiled in a war with Mexico. Although the Valley of the Great Salt Lake was claimed by Mexico and inhabited by Indians, church leaders decided to establish a new settlement there and use it to stage further colonization. Young led the migration west and along the way continued to seek the latest maps and information from other travelers. Still, Mormon leaders remained uncertain about the ideal location for their community until Young entered the Salt Lake Valley in July 1847 and famously declared, this is the right place. The pronouncement echoed the prediction of Joseph Smith 15 years earlier. Even so, it wasn't until they vetted the site over winter that they finally decided to stay. This episode of the Beehive Archive was contributed by Michelle Hill. Sources and past episodes may be found at utahhumanities.org. For the Beehive Archive, a production of the Utah Humanities Council, I'm Megan Van Frank. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the College of Science at Utah State University. Public outreach information on our Facebook page, Cache Valley Science Kids. When students and faculty learn together, discovery follows. Information at usu.edu slash science. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan.